Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay and Brad. Wait, wait, I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an All act. Right. All right. It's been uh, another long delay. Yes, it has been. I wish we recorded a while ago with my really deep, sick man's voice. Yeah, that voice. When you called me a couple times, I didn't even know it was you. I know. I wonder if they even remember who we are. Uh, I think they do. We've been getting a fair amount of emails. To be be fair, I've actually said, let's record, but then we just don't mean it. And then you want to do it, and then I don't want to do it, and it's like... Well, let's go to uh, just jump right into a listener email. Okay. Uh, um, I'm going to edit out name, location... Uh, apologize in advance for sniffles. I'll try not to sniffle too much. Uh, okay. Hi. A friend introduced me to your podcast, and I love it. I have a daughter, uh, early 20s, let's say, who is a sex addict. She started with pornography at 13 years old, and her problems have progressed since then. Hearing Jay's and others' addicts' comments have given me insight into what my daughter might be going through. Your latest podcast about the woman with a sex addiction was so helpful. When my daughter is ready for help again, I will recommend your podcast. Another podcast, uh, she gives a, oh, the one about codependency. She says that one was very helpful. And we recommended the church support guide for families and codependents. She ordered that support guide. Um, We have them here in our chapel, but... Some stakes do not have those in their stake or word library. So if you are in charge of that in your word or stake, get them ordered. Get them in your, in your uh, library or your bishop's office or whatnot. She said and found it so far, and the guide is in the gospel topics too. Actually, it's online as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much help available now for addiction. I feel grateful. Never did I know the pain of a parent can feel in regard to their children, but my knowledge of the grace of the atonement of Jesus Christ has grown tremendously and gets me through each experience. Uh, and I know that will save my daughter. Thanks again. And she gave us permission to read that on there. That's awesome. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I think that, uh, you know, it's awesome to know that by sharing this stuff, sometimes it's super personal. You know, for me and you, it's easy to talk, but some of the people we interview are pretty nervous, right? We talked to them, we got a little pre-up mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, hopefully they're listening to this podcast so they can hear how their their shares of their stories or their astiatic version can help other people, right? Step 12. So that's awesome. Okay. We have another uh, email from all the way across the pond in the UK. UK uh, represent. This uh, brother was a bishop, and now he's in a stake presidency out there. Cool. And he asked some questions. Uh, as in the stake presidency, he wants to really grow uh, the ARP out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had some specific questions. So mm-hmm. I answered him an email back to him. I wanted to get your opinion on it because some of these questions might be from across the country or globe. Uh, does the facilitator need to have any experience in addiction themselves to provide real value to a meeting? You want me to really answer that? Yes. Yeah. No, yes, absolutely. It's a good question. It's a good question. I understand. Um, because in the church, it's just like, uh, call them, God will prepare them. You know, who he calls, he prepares or, yeah. or whatever. When it comes to addiction... Look at this, like, Mount Everest climbing. 90, what, I don't know about the percentage, but most people die climbing Mount Everest, right? And they're, like, experienced climbers and all that other stuff. 
Imagine if we're talking about, like, this is a Mount Everest class every Tuesday or Thursday night or whatever your ARP meeting is, and people are coming in there, and they're serious. They're going to climb the most dead. People are still frozen at the top of that mountain, dead, tried, because they didn't have the right guide or they didn't listen to instruction. That's how overcoming addiction is with every addiction there is because addiction is killing more people in this country than anything else when you factor in heart addict, you know, heart disease and caused by most of the times by type 2 diabetes, by people's diets and food, as well as drugs and alcohol, sex, pornography, all this stuff. So calling someone who has zero experience in overcoming addiction will is just something that as the facilitator. As so a facilitator. The group leader does not need to be. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the, as a facilitator, that dude opens or that female opens the meeting up with their testimony of that step, what worked for them, and how to explain it on instructions, what, if you're a newcomer, how you should share. It sets, not only is it so crucial that that individual has done the steps, it sets the tone, and I've been to a few meetings where that person was not ready to be in that position and uh, because they, i.e., didn't do the steps or still don't really get recovery, and that, it's like amen to that meeting, you know? It's it's a night, I get it, I get it that... They kind of teach recovery according to the way they want it. Yeah, not the not program. The steps. Like, yeah, me and Brad, when we do our 12-step meeting or when another meeting sees Xander or whoever you've heard on the spot, we don't reinvent the wheel. We literally just do what we've seen done. So what I recommended, tell me if you agree with this. Yep. Is I because in a lot of areas you may not know of someone it's in recovery who's done the steps. So, but I feel very confident in saying that there is someone in your stake who's gone to AA, NA, SA, OA, one of the A's, and got recovery through the twelve steps. You've done that. I've actually seen Brad call out in, in meetings or to bishops or stake presidents like, "Listen, there are people here. I guarantee I it. Guarantee, and then it happened." It, I guarantee it. You have someone in your ward or your stake who's done it, and they go to meetings regularly. Mm-hmm. They may not be uh, broken anonymity in the church because of the shame culture we have um, or their own shame they have, but ask around. If you pray, you'll be led to someone, and then you talk to them, and they would be a perfect facilitator. 100%. Uh, so we have a lot of those that are hiding their recovery in our bushel, and don't see how, you know, they're, maybe they're afraid to bring it to the church. And you yep. as a stake in the stake presidency could really help bring that shame down. Okay, second, another question he had was... That's date, a good question. Do, yeah, these are great. Does ARP teach that sponsors are required or, or are just good to have? They don't, or do they not talk about it at all? From listening to you guys, it's, necessary, it's a necessary, but I'm wondering if you know what the common practice is over there. <laughs> So he's asking, like, over here in the States. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- once again, let's go back to now. Let's switch from Mount Everest and let's go to, like, that crazy guy who, who's a free-soloed El Capitan. <laughs> you know, like, before you free-solo without ropes and people, you're climbing, rock, rock climbing. I'm extremely afraid of heights. But watching all these documentaries, I'm fascinated by it because I'm so scared of it. And who knows? You may see me on a mountain just to overcome that one fear. But probably not. Um, seeing you on top of a mountain, you're pretty fair of heights. So scared. <laughs> more scared than anything. Other than, more scared than sharks, right? Okay, so, but what I'm saying is they, they talk about climbing and how the lead climber has to go up, and that lead climber is so important. They know exactly where to go, and you follow the route. They click in. They safe the rope. And I, if you're a mountain climber and I'm saying this wrong, <laughs> just go with Someone's me. Someone's going to email us. Go Someone's with me. Go about. with me, okay? You understand where I'm coming from. You have to have someone leading and directing. Go back to the climb. If someone hasn't been there... Or sorry, so without without having a sponsor, it's 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 
It's awesome when it comes to reading scripture because it's just personal and you read scripture. But um, I've asked these questions. I've seen Brad do it to church members that are awesome and they're super faithful. We'll ask them, they, you know, do I need sponsors? Do we need this? They say, well, so what do you do when a kid comes to you and says, I've been looking at pornography pornography since I was five years old. I want to... Five's a little young. No, I mean, seeing a radar movie or seeing a house, I saw pornography at five years old. Yeah. So, and most of the sponsees, I've sponsored around five or six. Okay. And I mean, maybe it's not hardcore, but nudity. Gotcha. In movies and stuff. So seeing it like that, and it progresses, and now I want to go on a mission, or I'm 16, I want to prepare for my mission, you know, on a couple years, and I really want to stop. I attend all my meetings. I read all my scripture. I really want to stop, and I can't stop. What do you say back to that? Well, you say, well, let's fast about it, or you'll give the church response. You're already reading scripture, so maybe if we go to the temple, let's pray really hard. And they'll say, okay, I've done that. And he comes back a month later. I've done that. Now what? As a church member or church leader, we'll say, well, you know, you're going to go through all the necessary temple prayer, fasting, all this stuff. And then when it doesn't work, not because those things don't work, but because there is certain steps that need to take place. If you haven't opened an ARP manual, I know this person has, but I'm just saying if you're listening, open the ARP manual and see, because some people, I think church culture gets turned off. What is he talking? He's talking about something different than that, than the atonement saving. No, I'm talking about the atonement saving people's lives, but broken down in one, you know, admitting you're an addict. Two, believing that there is a higher power and that God and Jesus Christ can save you. Number three, letting him, agreeing to the the belief that you're going to let him one day. Four, taking care of all your inventory and just going through your fears and resentments and misconduct and how, what keeps you in the same cycle of looking at pornography or drugs or whatever it is. Five, confessing that to another person who's been there and helping you figure out how they all correlated. Step six, identifying all the weaknesses that are really the root issue. of. You see where I'm going? I can keep going on. Compared to go home and let's pray about it and read about it. You or, have to have or, a sponsor in or, this program. I've also seen it shared, uh, and in our interviews with on the podcast, that sponsor is able to ask the right questions to have a thorough inventory, to guide you through that process, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically call yeah, you. I got a little sense, but uh, yeah, it's it's, it's 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 guiding and, and it's calling and, BS. And sometimes I think in in the church culture, right? If you're bishop, you're not calling BS. You're not going, dude. You're full of crap. Because that offends people. It offends someone, and then they associate with the church, right? So your bishops Bishops are not going to be that role. Like, that's not your role. And when they are, it usually never works out the right way. Right. That happens. But when when you pick a sponsor that says, I want you to walk through these steps, then you're volunteering for that type of critical The addict is, right? Yeah, yeah, so Brad's saying is the addict goes to these meetings, identifies, and they choose themselves. So I want you to review this with me. I want you to call me out of my BS when you see it. And, And that's... And this is where the magic happens. Most everyone in their life has probably told them the same thing that a recovery, you know, an accident. But remember, they identified with that person. So there's magic that happens when one addict can call BS because they'll accept the, the BS call out because they know that that other person has been through there. And so they're like, okay, it's hard when the bishop tells me. You need to do this and you need to do that, all for the right intentions because, yeah, I don't want to do these things. But he's never looked at pornography. He's never touched a drug. He's never, you know. Anyway, so, yes, it's a must. And, and, the, 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 and I've inquired of uh, some of those that helped put the, the ARP manual together. Yeah, and, that's right. You have. And ask why it's not addressed there because it is a, it is a part of AA, NA, all the A's out there, the, where this program is modeled after. Yep. And the reason why was this is a newer program. 
the church, you know, it's yep. not established. Yeah. And so if you say it's in there, you know, it's like good, better, best. Well, it's good you actually have a meeting, but if you really want to get recovery, let's get some sponsor. Let, let's have someone walk you through the steps of sponsor. And then something interesting is even a lot of the people we've interviewed, their sponsor is not a member of the church. They're not an ARP. They're an, a, they're an they AA. Don't have, yeah. we don't, they don't have it. So they have a sponsor that's from AA. Go and do the steps. Dude, I'll so take- would you say someone's life? So some people are like, well, let's just half-heart it. You know, I don't want to have someone that's not in the church. Or they'll say, oh, my wife. Like, I've seen this a lot with married couples. They'll say, well, I'm going through these with my wife. That's a quick ticket to divorce. Like, you just, you know, like, you just need a buffer there. Like, I'm not saying you don't confess everything. There's a role for your wife. There's a role for everything. Exactly. There's a role for a a sponsor that has... Uh, proven to be an effective part of these twelve steps. Totally, so, it's a, it's a, to so go back. It's a, it's crucial. It's important. And so it's again, sometimes like, our ego goes, well, if they're not a member of the church, they can't be good. That's your ego, baby. Yeah, that's your that's ego right. saying don't. we do have all the truth, but we don't have all the answers. Preach. And and your ego is getting involved if if you obviously having a strong member of the church who's done the twelve steps is all the ideal. That's the ideal. Best. You don't have that. Well, if I'm going to save someone in my family's yeah. life or someone I love, I'm going to walk down to the nearest AA and go, hey. Hey, listen, yeah, these NA, guys may smoke cigarettes and may cuss, yeah. but guess what? They're Will you sponsor you with, this yeah. because it's going to save their life. Once they, get their, once they get their sobriety and recovery, then they can feel the spirit, and then we can focus on the church yep. part 100%. and the gospel part. That's our opinion there. Yep. Um, do the milestone chips make a big difference, big enough difference to do it? Yeah, I think at the beginning because most of us, I think it, it's awesome because I've realized – not only does it help identify for a newcomer when you see, if you walk into your first or first, you know, few meetings and you're shaky and you're like, dude, there's no way I'm living without this addiction. Fill it in the blank, right? What that may be. And then you see a guy or girl walk up there and pick a three-year chip and you're going, wait, what? You're telling me you're an addict like me and you're picking up, you mean, you be, you're telling me you haven't dibbled or dabbled for three full years, 365 days times three, like Huh? And then, so you're calling BS in your mind because that's what addicts do, judge everyone. And then they sit back down and then they share in the meeting and you go, oh, wow, they were just like me. Like, maybe they're not BS. Maybe there's something to this. So there's a magic there. And then also, because we're addicts, we also have egos. And there's there's something involved, like setting a little milestone to reach for and attack for and get a little pace, you know, pat on the butt. It works in the beginning. There's so many reasons why it works. And I Again, thought this, of, this this is not invented for the church. It's invented. It's it's created from the traditions of AA. Yes. Who the the research coming out is saved more people's lives out of addiction than any other program. In the story. So why don't so why were, do we reinvent it? Why don't we do something that's been proven to work? Exactly. So just and, once again, not re, not taking the ego out of your meeting and not not trying to reinvent the wheel. Just do what works. And then if you feel inspired, okay. But I've seen a lot of those meetings that switch up things, and they may, we don't actually do shares, or we don't actually read this. Well, then now you have a glorified church meeting with some addiction topics. That's not my opinion. Okay. we got a lot of opinions. Yep. Um, all right. Um, I think that's it. Should we uh, uh, see if there's any other recent email or message we got. Um, we do have uh, a few people that want to get on the podcast, so we got to get on that. Okay. Let's do a couple church news or newsy stuff. Uh, you had one with Al- Elder Ballard. You want to get in that? Um, yeah. Um, Elder Ballard coming to our stake. Okay, we'll just do that. Just get into it. Um, Elder Ballard came to our our stake. Where's my notes? My phone. Uh, this was a couple days ago. Um, 
And as in there, I took out that sweet picture of the whole. We had probably twenty five hundred youth here. Twenty five hundred people. We have a double chapel where we are. So it's huge. So both chapels, basketball courts to the back to the stage, seating on the stand with TV monitors up there. Both we have two relief society rooms, two elders quorum rooms. All of those rooms full with monitors, um, and they were full rooms, so it was pretty sweet. Um, and so, anyways, uh, he spoke to the youth, and just his his main message was there was one word he wanted the youth to focus on, and that is desires. And he said, "We need to have our desires." Our desires need to be absolutely strong to know and seek out the mysteries of God. And he said, not the mysteries, not the dark, the, just understand God. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is an eternal being who created this whole earth and universe. That's a lot of stuff to know. Totally. And we need to we need desire to know him. And the relating to ARP is he, he hit with the, with the youth pretty hard on social media and the internet and gaming and, and the obsession of our mind over that and distracting us, keeping our mind idle with those things as opposed to seeking out the mysteries of God. And I, and I thought of an ARP is, isn't that what obsession about addiction? Where do you get the next high, next drug, next yep. look at this? Yep. Uh, co- coveting, mm-hmm. anger, resentment, all those things just cloud our mind with obsessing about those things or fear about... Uh, what are people thinking of me and judging me? Like, yeah, you know, the things that occupy our mind versus when we're in a good position of peace where we can like calmly go and learn about our Heavenly Father. Totally, and be prompted by the Spirit. Yeah, and have that, and have that Spirit influence us. So, that was uh, it. Was a pretty awesome experience. Um, apparently, he was paying back. A, his our mission president is going home soon, and he promised him two and a half years ago he'd come and speak with his missionaries oh. and so he came to go speak to him there nice so it was kind of an impromptu, uh, impromptu visit sick alright well let's get into your share I believe we are on step nine share we're going to drop your share in here and okay. then let's uh, you have a topic we want to talk about yep what is that about pornography Jay pornography okay we'll get into that yeah. we'll go after that I, I swear, this is ironic. I was going to share this quote before she said that. Mm-hmm. But it says, uh, it was something I read on LinkedIn a couple days ago. It says, you can't change your reality quickly, but you can change your expectations in a second. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, uh, you know, expectations are resentments in the making, whether that, that's from us or other people doing it towards us. Like, and we all fall short of that. And I think step this, this goes with step nine um, perfectly because... When I was in my addiction and before I, before I understood, I was a lot like, you know, Ryan shared earlier, like, I mean, I only said sorry and just, it's just so I can get something out of it or, you know, and when I first got sober, I just want to make, I want to go explain myself to the world. Like, okay, here, here's why I was a schmuck for the last, you know, X amount of years or whatever. And here's why I treated you bad. Like, so just, let's just, you don't need to forgive me. It's all good. Like, we're good. And, uh, but, uh, I realized real quickly, like after going to my first few meetings, you know, with the, luckily I had that, that room and there it was only five ish people. There's five to seven people in Thursday night, but they were all hardcore AA people and, uh, men and women that had learned, uh, a lot of them had a lot of years in that room. And so there was a lot of wisdom that was shared every week. And so I quickly learned that that wasn't going to help. So I didn't do that. Luckily I had already done stuff like that in the past. So, but I did learn real quickly that, you know, keep your side of the street clean, you know, and that's all you can do. 
that's it. Like, and, uh, and that applies to, like, that's kind of like the precursor to step nine. So if you're on step one or two or three, four, whatever, your, your version of step nine for now is to just keep your side of the street clean. And, you know, anytime you make a mistake, just, just say you're sorry. It's a lot easier to say that. Like when she came to me and said what she said, it was just easy to go, sorry, that's not my intentions. You know, that's most of the time, even people that seem like we make these things up, at least I do. I make these things up in my mind that people are doing things to hurt me. Right. Like they're saying these things that they like they're they're thinking about. They're thinking as much as I'm thinking about the situation. And so therefore they're saying this to purposely, you know, for the most part, that's not usually the case. Right. Just like when and, and you can play that out by like when it's done to you and someone comes to you and it's like, why did you say it? like, oh, I didn't mean to say it like that. Like, that's not my intentions. Right. You know, and, and Satan's definitely good at that. And I think but, you know, more so, I don't know if I want to blame it all on Satan. I think it's just our ego. It's my ego. Like, that's my ego. You know, I used to think that ego was only when you're on top and you're, like, being braggadocious or something. But, you know, I read this book that um, called Ego's the Enemy, and, it, and it, it outlined how the ego can be in so many more ways than one. You know, it could be, be at the top. It could be at the bottom. It could be in the middle. It could be when you're receiving something. It could be when you're giving something. Like, it is, it is if you look closely, it's, almost, it's always there trying to come out. It's, oh, at least for me, it's always there trying to come out. And that's what destroys my relationships. It destroys, first of all, my mental health, right? Like, it destroys my ability to be happy and to just let things roll off my back, you know? And it, and, and then it destroys my relationships because of that, that stuff that's going on in here, that talking in my mind that just, he said that that way. Like, you know, he's trying to hurt me, you know? Or she's trying to, you know, most of the time that's not there. That's my ego. And, uh... And it's helped me a lot um, because it's something that, you know, it's never ending. Like, not, this is going to be a lifelong pursuit, you know, and I'm okay with that. And as soon as I accepted that I was an addict and therefore I was going to be in recovery, I, I got over the fact of, like, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. And, and I love it. Like, you know, we say that all the time is because it saved our marriage. It first saved my life and then it saved our marriage. And so we'll never stop. If we ever move, that, there'll be a new meeting wherever we go. I promise you that. If it's not already there, like, and we'll build a new one, you know, like, because this is who our, this is our life. These steps saved our lives and it saved our marriage. And, and, it's, and, and we've been a part of seeing other people's lives get saved, you know. Um, Tom, congratulations on your 30 days. It's huge, you know. It's just like, uh, remember when I first met Tom and uh, he was no different than me or anyone else, you know. We're all sick when we first come into this thing. You know, if you met me when, on my first day, if the roles were reversed, Tom, you would have, wouldn't have had a bunch of booze, but I'd had a bunch of pills you'd had to dump out for me because I, I, I wouldn't go anywhere without pills. I was, you know, those were my, that was my crutch. That was my safety blanket. And, you know, so it's just amazing to see you come here and get, you know, 38 days and get your chip. And it's awesome to see you here. And, and you know, obviously, Greg, same thing, you know, two years. I mean, three years. It's insane. Like, that's just... It's amazing, like three years. I remember when, when you first showed up in San Clemente and uh, it was, you know, so refreshing. You're, you're, you know, you have a refreshing spirit about you and, um, and uh, the Lord's working miracles in your life. And, you know, to go and you, you and your wife to take your, 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 your most darkest, worst experiences and, and, and share those with other people to give them hope. I promise you, if you hadn't done that and what you're doing over there in Irvine, like, you probably wouldn't be exactly where you are. You probably still have sobriety and you guys would still be fine. But, you know, the retrospect comes later, you know, and we'll be able to see that later. And just proud of you. And it's just rad to watch. And I'm grateful to be sober. And 
you know, I was texting another guy who's not here tonight, and, um, and he was like, I just had a hard day. I just had a hard day. I just want to use, you know, all day. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, so let's, let's break that down. Why? You know, and this person was like, well, because I hate my life and I hate who I become. I'm like, that's BS. If you, if you hated who you become, you wouldn't want to use anymore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you'd realize that using was why you got to where you are, so you're not going to do that anymore. So let's, let's be honest. Let's be real. Like, just be real. Figure out the why and do these steps. These steps help you and this guy. We, we broke it down. He, expectations are really what he's fighting. You know, the expectations that he puts on himself. The world doesn't do it. Stop blaming Satan. Stop blaming the world. Like, it's us. It's up here. And these steps, like I said the other week, they emancipate you from your ego and your expectations and your fears and your resentments and your misconduct. And they allow you to go out into the world and spread peace instead of chaos, like, like I did in my addiction. And um, I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, Jay. What up, Brad? Uh, uh, we're going to start off this topic with an article in the ArizonaCentral.com. I think that's probably their local paper. Excuse me. Uh, and, and what's great, well, anyways, Arizona pushes to declare porn a public health crisis. Whoa. Interesting. If it came from Utah, you'd have all the distractors of the church go, why is the church always getting involved? Like, yeah. like uh, today on the news, uh, it said BYU... I think Utah State came and said BYU Police Department, so their own police department, uh, it got a notice that says they may have to disband the BYU Police Department because they didn't do something right. I don't know. And then, But in essence, it just means Provo Police will now cover the BYU campus. And then it was on, like, Desert News. And all these people were like, why does the church have to be involved in it anyways? Blah, blah, like, bagging, like, why is the church, why do they have to have their own police department? And I'm like, you fools! Like, almost every university has their own police department. Say we own the church, we own a school. Like, it just is. Know, it is. Like, like, how U- can the church UCLA not be involved? UCLA has their own police department. Yeah. USC has their own police. I think Saddleback College, has their own, College yeah, they do. has their own police department. So it's funny, like when you're in Utah and you hate the church, you just always try to blame the church or elders. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm glad this didn't come from Utah because they would blame the church. Oh, right? good. Yeah, good. So thing. it came from Arizona. So more um, people take it serious. So, so anyways. Citing concerns about the proliferation of erotic images online and their toxic behavior, toxic effect on behavior, Arizona lawmakers are pushing to declare pornography a public health crisis. Um, like, a t- like the tobacco industry, the pornography industry has created a public health crisis, Udall told lawmakers. Pornography is used pervasively even by minors. Udall's proposal, House Concurrent Resolution 2009, is largely symbolic and has no legal effect. But supporters say they hope it opens the door to new restrictions on porn. Um, similar measures declaring a crisis have passed in 11 states using similar text, a modeled legislation written by National Center on Sexual Explo- Exploitation, the group formerly known as Morality and Media, contends porn is directly connected to other acts of exploitation. Um, so, anyways, I... Related to, like, addiction rec- mm-hmm. recovery. Mm-hmm. Also, like, because always the, the detractors of the church always try to blame the church for it. These are non-LDS organizations who know the damage yeah. of it. And it, and the, and isn't the Me Too movement uh, 
a major crisis now? Aren't certain people claiming that rape is an epidemic? Yeah, how do you think rape? How do you think the rape culture starts? Like, I mean, if you, if you can't if you can't do studies and show correlation, I mean, that's they're always saying you can't show correlation, causation, and all this stuff. I've, always, I've heard I've heard that violent porn is quite violent. It, 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 it over the years specifically, like back in the day. I, lo- I watch this TED Talk, and I'll send it to you so you can add it to our links for this one because okay. this is what I this is why I wanted to do the podcast a couple weeks ago because I saw this thing. Me and Lexi watched it. I watched it three times. It's the nerdiest. No, I shouldn't say that, but because the guy that like is not the most sells. You know, there's some TED talks where the guy's talking about pornography, and it's like he's really good at closing on the deal, and he's charismatic. This guy's just a like a data scientist. I don't know what he is, but his study of the human brain and how. It has to remap and rewire itself because in order, you know, porn not only stimulates, we've talked about this, it stimulates the natural desire for the opposite sex that it should be there. It exploits that. It exploits that and then gets it to the point where the stimuli is so intense that it's clicking and seeing more views and more and more and more and more. And he said the rise in, this is where a lot of non-Christian conservatives are he said leaving by the thousands in America from pornography because of erectile dysfunction, you know, ironically. They're, they're leaving pornography. They're leaving pornography because okay. they're finding out that women, win all this stuff, they, they can't have real connection in their real life relationship because from a young age in the dark or in the private, they're, they're stimulating their brain so gnarly, seeing more and more aggressive things and more intense things that it's not really about the act of masturbation anymore. It's more about it's more about getting a dopamine hit, which is if you need to look this up, this is what we're all searching for. When we hug someone, we do something nice. When we serve someone, and you say, "Oh, I feel good." That's what's happening in the brain. And when you see pornography, it's like doing a rep. You're like you know, you lift a weight. And if you do watch these monitors when they when they hook you up when they're lifting a weight and they do these studies on what's happening in the muscle, it goes high up on the scale and it holds it. And then over time, from a traditional weightlifting like that and heavy weight, it can actually deaden the nerves. It actually kills the nerve endings um, from doing slow heavy weights and and whatever. Anyways, long story short is they're seeing that pornography is doing the same thing in our brain. And it's, it's taking our level so high that in normal relationships, this guy does a way better job because he's a scientist, did, did the talk, did the study, works for some university. But the point is, is it becomes so unrealistic that when normal relationships happen, they can't even function. They like, it, it, there's not excitement. There's zero excitement. And this is a chemical thing. This is not even, see, we look at it as like, oh, that guy's a pervert. You know, 1950s, which I said one the other day. Yeah. Uh, the crisis, which is true. I mean, dude, yeah. that was in the 50s. 1950s talking about pornography. Yeah, and we'll put a link in here. Yeah. To, you'll see, you go, wow, how far has that come since then, right? right. They were onto something. And they would call it perverted, so there's shame there. But now he's proving with science. Let's take the shame out of this thing. Yeah. Forget how you got there and what you're actually looking at. The point is, is that the brain needs to heal itself just like drugs or alcohol, and it's fully broken nerve endings aren't firing the same and it makes you incapable of having healthy relationships as well as functioning normally with communication with exercise with all these things and I don't remember the original question but uh, that's kind of what started this whole thing and I think it is is so detrimental obviously dude of course they're sounding this and I think you're going to see this more and more often and there's you know not even from conservatives this is going to be a more it, the irony is the the society so, is getting so sexual. Yeah, yes, yeah. You're seeing 
you're seeing society get so sexual and so, you know, news, media, it's always been there, right? It's, it's getting worse over, you know, over the last 10 years. I don't think it's much worse. Maybe it is. But I think it's always been bad for a while, at least in my generation. Maybe in the 50s it was different. But um, you're going to be see. I think there's more and more the, people. The, the exposure to me um, as the resident old guy here yeah, yeah. is getting younger it's being acceptably younger and younger and younger. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No generation has been exposed to... Exposed. ...pornography, hardcore pornography, at a younger age. Yes, because... Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And that's why... And so know, readily available. Yes, yeah, because you give a smartphone to a child, you are giving them actis, act, access to all the information the world has to offer. Good luck putting the filters on that stuff because there's always a way around it. These kids find apps. There are apps around apps around apps that are hidden with inside apps that look like three different levels. They're, they're like doing some inception layering. To, to access pornography. Yeah, of course. And to access, yeah, not only pornography, but um, hiding other things that, you know, they're like workarounds and communications with these sexual things. And imagine a little kid. I mean, and now... Back in the day, it was a magazine. It was a DVD, you know, maybe a VHS, and then it became, you know, DVD, and then the internet, and the internet, and and then yeah, and then yeah, so and then, then the internet live interaction. Yes, and now it's to a point where it is so fast. The what he was saying in this in this talk is that as a youth being access being having access to click 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 instantaneous access right downloading. Back in the day, remember downloading just a a, a family photo took. Yeah, you know, watch the screen uh, like rain. Well, I remember that, you know, to share some personal stuff. I remember with pornography when I was a young age, before I was a member of the church, is that it could take 20, 30 minutes. Now imagine in 20, 30 minutes that one individual boy or girl with their smartphone sitting in their room when you're not there or at church, mm-hmm. a church camp or whatever, in a calling, whatever he's mm-hmm. doing with the family or in the bathroom at the restaurant. You're thinking he's in there just going to the bathroom or she's in there going to the bathroom. In 20 minutes can have access of thousands upon thousands of videos. Yeah. And yes, I think the original question was, has it gotten more violent? Absolutely. They've actually done some studies, and I don't have all that stuff but um, with me. I should have. But they've done studies that pornography in general has gotten more violent you know, over the years. And when there's more and more of these people leaving pornography that are actually porn stars, and yeah, I don't recommend you watching this as a member of the church, but there, there's some stuff that is edited. You know, be careful on Netflix and stuff. It's called leaving porn and all these other seen stuff. That on Netflix. You have to see some I've, of this stuff. I've seen that. There's ad. a few. There's, there's one that's a guy. Um, he talks about finding Christ, and it's a guy. It's the most spiritual thing I've ever seen. I mean, like, dude finds. He talks about how he got into cocaine and drugs to make up for the, the shame, and it was just a cycle. Yeah. And, and then, but what I'm getting at is, it it is not my when growing up outside the church. Everyone said. You know, be a porn star, work in this, like, it's all free, it's happy, it's love. No, it is full slavery, drug-infested, and they're not free. They shame these people. There's STDs rampant in pornography, and um, it's, it's There's fake. STDs rampant in society. Yeah, no, but I'm just go- saying... Go- Google porn, STD rates. In porn, that's how they get oh, yeah. these strippers to come on board, or young girls. They say, listen, we're going to take care of you. Oh, yeah. it's, it's They're, they're, they're well, pimps. It's, it's money. It's all money. It's all, it's, it's all... Yeah, it's just so... You take a small-town kid or girl... And you say, hey, listen, you're going to think of how many dudes and girls are going to be seeing you all over the world. Well, it's just so gross when you break it down that way. But um, but, but even, again, I run, I got it. Yeah. You're off social media. Yeah. But I got, uh, yeah. I, I have a new thing on my Instagram because I do it for the podcast. Actually, my daughter's doing uh, some of the podcast posts for us on our Instagram. Nice. But for surfboards that I do, uh, I just have another thing that as soon as I see 
the selfie bikini. I just unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. Yep. But it's crazy. Like, it's legit what I think, like, pornography was when I was a kid. Like, Playboy magazine yep. was, like... Yeah, topless. Uh, topless stuff, butt shots, right? You'll like, see in 10 years this will be... Uh, Instagram no, dude, will be... I think it is now. Yeah. Like, the ad, they don't like, go through... Like, 15-year-old girl, like, like teenager girl, like... Just normal girls. Twitter and stuff. There's actually pornography on Twitter and stuff. They won't actually. This is how they get banned, until someone reports it. So, but good luck. You know, like it, it, until you report. Who's gonna report it when everyone's sick? Yeah. Right in a society where everyone is sick, it's like so. Now this ties into social media. That thing I sent you the other day. Yeah. If everyone's sick, who's gonna be there? Like you got they're, these they're these good, few yeah. outliers that seem nuts, right? They're like, mm-hmm. dude, bro, it's not that bad. Yes, it is. STDs uh, are still on. But the what's, what's interesting just, is we uh, so many things. STDs um, is just one of them. But well, uh, depression. You can go back to uh, the Book of Mormon and even uh, the Temple. Is like money <laughs> is the fuel for all these things, right? Yep. So like we always the creators of it. Is a creator like it's it's money. It's like what is the, it's they don't give a rat rat's butt about what the effects of it are. It's like can we know. just make money, 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 it's money. All about money, and it's a that money there's, and then attention is like yeah. There's a movie that basically says the internet came about because of pornography, and th- these guys that worked actually in Utah. It's pretty gnarly. Like, I, I don't recommend watching it because it's obviously against our standards in the church. But it's a true story, and it's 100 percent documented, and it's not made up. And the guys that pretty much you know they were the VHS porn pornographers, and then they figured out there was this thing called the internet in their eyes, and that's who pretty much dumped most of the money mm. in the beginning of fueling the internet sales and. When you know these things, this is not enough to get you to stop because I watched all this yeah. stuff. I knew all the history. Well, but we're just talking about logistics here. For If you're a parent and you're watching this or, or listening. and well, Let's get into yeah. the, the similarities between uh, pornography addiction and drug addiction. Yeah. Because I think that's, uh, that's, that's the initial... Uh, I'll have questions around it because I think the initial feeling for most is like, oh, it's you know, like one's dirtier than the other. But they both switch, right? Like, oh, I'm not as bad as the guy that's doing heroin. Yep. Well, I'm not as bad as the guy that's looking at pornography and masturbating. Yep. I, I don't know what's worse. Yeah. Like, I think best, yeah, that's not, but, you're 100% but, right. But both tend to judge each other that yours is worse, yep. right? Meanwhile, you're taking everyone's inventory but your own. That's um, what Satan's greatest tools is, I think. And so, what, what would you say? I mean, we know the majority but, of people that are coming to our meeting locally are now pornography. Wouldn't you say? I'd say over fifty percent. I'd yeah, over fifty percent. Even if but, it's just sixty. But but even those that that are, it seems like the pattern is if they come for drug or alcohol, porn is always a part. Of porn it. is always part of it. Yep. And so it's like I got this stuff cleared up. Yep. I've got this stuff under control. Now I should address the pornography. Yep. That's always my that was my story, okay. right? So it's like when when I came in, I you know it was it was super easy. To go, especially in my meeting. So this is this is how it can happen, not intentionally. You're just following what you saw, you know. Because the local meeting, the ARP I went to, it no one was in there for pornography. Not once did someone even address pornography. It talked about it in the step. That one step was like yeah. avoid pornography, right, yeah. in all forms of it. And every time I hear that, I cringe, right? Because like, oh man, does that mean I got to work on that? Because like, no one's talking about that. Didn't talk about it with my spot. Like, so when did it first start getting <clears throat> talked about in meeting? Oh, one guy moved in. We've had him on the show. We had Neil move into our meeting. San Clemente. San Clemente, from Utah, right? And he said he's got a porn addiction. I'm like, well, everyone's kind of like... In my mind, I'm thinking everyone has that, and I I still believe in 100% we should be stopping it. 
but I was just like, that's my like crutch. Like that's the one thing that I I go. Did, to. did you classify it as an addiction or like? No, I fully just in a my mind habit because it had been so bad at one point in my life as a kid, like growing up, that like it was for sure my first addiction. Way before drugs, I didn't like the drugs. I did the drugs to fit in with people. Drinking I enjoyed because it made me powerful. Smoking pot and stuff was like. I'm an extrovert, and that made me introverted, so I hated that, right? But pornography was just, from day one, had its hooks in me. As soon as I got my first computer, and, you know, first time I saw it, it was disgusting. I remember, like, oh, this is not comfortable. And this is non-Christian, right? But uh, you, you had no religion. No religion. No, none, none. I saw rated R movies from five years old. That's why I, say I first saw but pornography. I, I, I love hearing that because, again, my bias of gr- I grew up in the yeah. church is... And you always hear like, well, you, we just feel this way because of our culture. Because you were taught that as a kid, yep. you were taught that, that, that yep. you should feel bad yep. about they that. Always, they love to shame you guys with that, like you, you guys who grew up in the church. Yeah, grew up in the church. I have heard that. Your friends and from people. From the people who left the church or people aren't married. Like, you only feel that way. Because you were taught that. You don't even know how deep the, and I wasn't even, the brainwash is. And I wasn't even like in a strong church family. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't think so because like, I don't think that was talking but about. But you always kind of wonder. Like, but I wonder. Was I? Yeah. And then, so here's this. So. I loved, don't get me wrong, rated R movie, see one Klim shop, I'm fascinated because everyone's curious. That's mm-hmm. the difference between being curious. When I first saw hardcore pornography, I was sitting in seventh grade, went over to my friend's house. I'm not going to say his name, but we went over to his house. He said, look, guys, I want to show you this. And he pops in the DVD that he got from his dad. So this is, once again, a cultural thing. This shows, you know, pollution. This is, we talk about families. The church was ahead of, by the way, go back and listen to the family proclamation. I just did it the other day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa. And then, like, they address so much more than I thought was just yeah. families, right? Yeah. That way ahead of it. Way ahead of the game, dude. Yeah. How radical. But yeah. anyways, um, they pop in the DVD. I'm with my buddies in the same room, and this is actually really common. A lot of dudes have had this experience. And the same thing. It was a VHS tape. There you go. Yeah, so pops it in, and it starts, and you would think the curiosity, not growing up in the church, no Christianity, 12 years old, loved when the rated R movies would show a booby or you know here and there and but that was it back in the day. See rated R movies now will show full everything. Now yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was a little slip. It was a slip real quick or in and out, right? Shadows. And yeah, shadows or whatever. And I don't I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I was a Puritan, but at, when I saw the hardcore rawness and taking out, you know, the the scenery of the movies in Hollywood and how they glamorize drinking, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And now it's just let's get to it. I remember feeling like this is weird. It's gross. Like I don't know if I like this, but I didn't. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. And so you know, in the in the moment, I of course watching. I ain't gonna leave. I ain't gonna make fun of. Them. And I had no cultural background and say when that scenario geese leave. Yeah. So when I when they popped it in, yeah. it was we were at the house. I remember it was after surfing and it was like oh so like you know like here's yep. hanging out, whatever's a surf movie whatever. They're like oh check this out, and dude. I was just like oh crap, and just that. I still remember it was just like that dark, like, oh, this is dark and disgusting. Yeah. I grabbed my skateboard and I remember skateboard. I, was, I wasn't driving, right? I was a teen- like, teenager. Yeah. I just skateboarded out in the parking lot. I, I don't know how long I was outside, but I skateboarded out in the cul-de-sac for probably an hour totally by open. myself. Yeah. Until like it, one by one they came strolling out and it was just like, I'm like, this is awkward. Like, <laughs> I don't so know what to uh, say. Like, and, but say. I mean, how, how lucky because that's all it takes. Well, what I'm getting at yeah. is, so two, but, but you felt you the got, same thing. Felt the same thing, and but here's two different. You know, here's two guys 
grew up two cultural differences, but not that much, right? You're not in this super hardcore church family, but you were taught by good oh, leaders, right? Oh, my buddies I hung out with surfboard members. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So relatively the same, but yeah. a little different, Yeah. right? You were prepped for things like that, where because I wasn't, and that's, mind you, the same time that I got around the, the time I had a computer to do schoolwork, you know, and I, I was you know, barely doing schoolwork. But as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I got to go home and I got to see what that was. Because I felt so... Investigate further. I got to investigate further, so... And you had no, like, moral compass, like, that was a wrong thing. No, but I felt it, but I didn't know how to identify that. No one had ever told you. No one identified that, hey, do you feel that? That's prompting from God, yourself. But but no one had ever said pornography was bad. Never once. Like, you didn't even register your mind that, like, if you come home and said, hey, mom, I saw pornography, or, like, brother, like... Uh, so no, they were. So, and, and, and then, I mean, I'm, you know, fam. I, what I've intrigued is that just the light of Christ. I think that's on yes, all of us. Yes, 100%. 100%. But also the the draw to it lately. Went to the go draw to go, go to search for it. And I'm, I'm giving you a flashback because picture this is 2099, around 2099. So computers for a young kid is rare, but we got one. And we it was the old one went into my room, right? It's from the family computer to my room. Worst mistake ever. You know, and I, it's the same thing. Look at that as, because now I'm going to put it in perspective. To download the one video that was one minute and 20 seconds took a full day. <laughs> we right with DSL or whatever we had. Dial up. I think we got DSL around the same time, so it was sped up to maybe 40 minutes. <laughs> but still, while something's downloading, try to keep your family out of the room so you don't feel awkward, right? So nowadays, so anyways, the point is, is once I was able to shut a door, and be in the room and have access to information. As slow as it was and as limited as it was then, imagine this thing I'm holding up as a smartphone. It's instantaneously. So reverse that whole scenario. It's now 2019. You're the same kid, member of the church or not. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Light of Christ, we just said, does the same thing. And boom. What's going through my mind is that scenario, and then I would have probably have... 20 text or whatever for my buddies. Oh, shaming you for walking yeah. out. Yeah. Dude, you hear, dude, you know, so and so, whatever. Yeah, you missed this. Look what you didn't see. Look what yeah. you didn't see. Boom. And they're putting it in your face. Yeah. It's all over Instagram. It's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook. Facebook's a little bit better. But, you know, the point is, is it's almost impossible if you're on these things. It's Let's, just like, it's like watching net. It's like you can't even watch TV without seeing some version of it. That. So that's why. Getting off social media became later once the light of Christ hits me enough in these meetings to go, you know, because remember we said, you know, once I decided to go, but this is kind of how it all started, right? The question was is, you know, when did it all start? Well, one guy comes, and then before you know it, I realized, so what I was getting at, pornography from that time in my life, as soon as I, you know, that first instance where it was yucky, then, then downloading it on my own, it became an obsession. It was... It was any free time. Mind you, we, di- we the computers were massive, yeah. so you had to be at your house. There was no in your pocket. Go, you know, there's no iPads. There's no laptops. I mean, there was laptops, but only ballers had laptops, you know? Like, so, or, you know, people, if you did it for work, a kid like me in a, in a middle-class family, we just didn't have laptops. My dad, my stepdad had a laptop, which I caught him looking at porn. Hopefully he's not listening. But anyways, you know, which also creates a bad image in your mind. So, you know, it's like, oh, the adults do this too. But I remember it was an obsession. Any free time. And what I'm getting at, and I'll get this. This is ultra personal. And, you know, if you judge me and you're listening, you listen, whatever. But the, I'm, this is a fact. The things you see in pornography, once you start acting out with girls and being not in the church, you know, that's right away. Junior high, there was a lot of sexual activity happening right real quick. And um, 
you you immediately reenact what you think because you think it's normal. You think that's how it's supposed that to be. These done? women are, are asking for it. The men are asking for this type of behavior, and the behavior is violent. And it's not only is it violent, but it's 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 just it's very raw. There's no, you know, there's no. They don't show courtship. You know what I mean? They're not there's taking them out to dinner and cuddling. stuff. And yeah, there's no cuddling and you know maybe the softer stuff. But you know that's that's almost I think eradicated nowadays. But maybe it is. But so so, so let's fast forward to where you're in in your first twelve step meetings. Yep. And then you start hearing about pornography addiction in in a meeting that's yeah. full of alcoholics, drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. So in my that mind, the reason why I didn't classify it as addiction was the question, is because I used to spend hours okay. looking at pornography. So now it's like once every few months. Eh. You know, think you could stay, right? Like, I mean, put you know, people are like, well, well that's ca- justification. Ca- well, I get it. But casual, just, uh, but a mad casual user, casual user, user, right? Yeah. So like, imagine if you were someone like me that's from age twelve, you were obsessed yeah. till you joined the church around nineteen, struggled the first few months because you weren't really taught about pornography and mm-hmm. how to confess. You find out you got to confess to a bishop. I, I eradicated it. I quit. So would equivalent be someone who smoked bong loads of weed? When he's around his all through high school, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. And now sobers he sobers up. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, once a month he tokes out. Yeah, he eats an edible every now and then. Eats no, an edible because it's not as dirty, right? It's, it's edible. So like, that's kind of like the... He takes it for pain. So, um, yeah. Okay, I gotcha. You see what I'm saying? So here's yeah. the rationale that's going through my mind. Not saying this is honest. Like, this yeah. is just honest. It's not right. This is what yeah, happened, yeah, though, yeah. in my mind. And so, but then, so it's really easy to justify it. And, and we're I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, man, and my, my sponsor, bless his heart, he was just like, hey... You know, this is one of your weaknesses, and you, you know, through time, God's, and he was obviously right because through time, God showed me a way out. But what happened was, is meantime, fast forward. Now we're doing this this meeting, and ironically, the first truckload of guys to walk through the doors and come to these meetings are all pornography addicts, and most of them, their pornography we've had on the podcast have led from pornography to infidelity. infidelity. And whoa, it's kind of like. Jay, listen, dude, you think you're any better than me? I knew I wasn't better than anyone. I knew that from doing the steps. But I'm like, hey, dude, what a shame it would be. This is the spirit working this on me. Is what, what a shame would it be to get your family back, overcome all this stuff. Now you're helping people, and then you lose it because of this? Because you're too embarrassed to talk about it? Because you don't want people to discredit you for this? This is how ego plays, right? This is how the devil plays. And, and so, you know, it took time for me. But once it and, – and it became fewer and fewer in between, but – it got to the point where then, you know, that voice, I suppressed that voice for so many years, probably a couple of years, three years at that point, three, four years, maybe longer, that the feeling of guilt that was rampant disappeared. And that's a scary thing, dude, when you know, because remember, mind you, I'm, I'm in full recovery. I know I'm sober. Like, mm-hmm. I have no escapes. I look back and I think I used a lot of the drugs and alcohol to escape from the mistakes I made sexually with people. Oh, okay. That's a lot of people yeah. say that. Yeah. Even, like, yeah. Justin Bieber, we posted that out there. Be- Justin Bieber said how in how he was such a, how he was a, a mess sexually with a lot of people. 
and how he had to cope he, with he felt that. Guilty with, for those. Felt guilty for that and covered up with drugs. Like, well, you take the drugs because yeah. of the sex. You take the sex because yeah. of the drugs. You keep going. And Again, not a Mormon thing. Not a Mormon thing, man. And my my perspective still comes. At that time, I was holding on to a lot of non-Mormon. I wasn't fully bought back in yet. Remember, we had these talks. I hadn't gone. To, I I wasn't a full. Even though when we were in this. I wasn't, I was going to church and all that stuff, but I wasn't, remember I even talked to you about like bishoprics and stuff. I'm like, eh, if they're not an addict, you know, I was really bought into the whole, let's just keep this with addicts. Well, I realized that that's like my earlier comments on some of the questions we did earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that plays a point to a degree, but you can see how AA culture and some of these culture things can also be a detriment to when God's trying to help you break through another level. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Um, But that relates to uh, what I was saying is, uh, I, I'm a big proponent of when you get recovery to sponsor other people because you wouldn't have learned of this stuff if you would have got sober and didn't sponsor anybody you would have not progressed totally right so it's totally in, yeah. in, oh, yeah, in our true. letters from the in from that gentleman from the UK about people getting recovery sponsoring a really important thing it's just as important for the for the, the person trying to get sobriety for the first yeah, time I mean, yeah. as the person who got recovery these people thought I was saving their lives, and in turn, they helped save my life with one, one yeah, major, I mean... Isn't that how the Lord works? Totally. And it's one thing to sustain. Like, when I went on my mission, I just closed the door. And I white-knuckled it for a while until it became easy, but as soon as it popped back up again after my mission, it was off to the races because I had no... I hadn't dealt with why I was looking at it in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Taking the shame I think, out I think of, a lot of us normies, we've never been... We've never had the temptation. We've never had it put in our face... Yeah. To where we've had to make a decision. Yeah. Right? You did. You just, you left. You made the right decision well, from day one, right? Uh, we well, had the same I, story. Yeah, that's true. But I think a lot of people had this, because even my wife's, my wife's brother, same scenario, and he left, and therefore he doesn't deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. same scenario. She told me that the other day. Yeah, but, but I get, I, you get pornographic images. Like, I say, like, I've probably seen it this week. Like, we yeah, all are yeah, exposed yeah. to it all the time. Yeah. But it's what we do. Like, yeah. You know, uh, and that's where I got to the point, so leading to get off of social media. So for me, a lot of these guys that got recovery, not only did they work the steps, but they were because when things get to that level of like anything else, it's like drugs or alcohol. You don't want to hang out in a bar if you've been an alcoholic most of your life. Like you just probably want to avoid the restaurant. Yeah. Even though they have the best burgers or whatever, or wings or whatever your thing yeah, is. Yeah, just, if you have, if you still feel temptation towards alcohol, don't ever freaking step foot in a bar. Well, that's Do what, yourself when, a favor, make walk, it easier. When I walk through the grocery store and a quarter of our grocery stores here are liquor stores now. Yeah. Like I wonder, like, dude, I, I'm fascinated. I walk by, check out the bottle litter, but it doesn't, there's no attraction to me. Yeah, because you've never felt the buzz. Because I've never yeah. felt the buzz. It's never been inside you. That, but you. I imagine, like, if I'm an alcoholic. But you can overcome it. That's why I say, like, because, I mean, you know, we sometimes have wings at, you know, at our, our favorite place here, and they, it's a full, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's a, a bar and grill. But luckily, these steps are so, um, but it's a little different. With, uh, for me, it is, I don't know. I, it's, I would, if that place was, like they're if it was bikinis. Hooters, I wouldn't be there. Yeah. Okay. There was a time where I would. You know, it's a restaurant. It's funny to go to or whatever. A lot of members think it's not a big deal. Some think, of course, it's a big deal. Being a recovered addict from pornography as well and sex addiction, I would never step. Like to me, that is just like it's just that's what's everything's wrong with our culture. It sucks that guys. I was taken there from as a kid for my twelfth birthday. <laughs> Dude. Right. With I think both of my parents, by the way. My mom and my they dad. Do good was, I have eaten there. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, my wife and I have eaten there in Texas. Yeah, we had it in Hawaii. Me and Lexi. So like, yeah. you know, it used to be. It, it's funny, but 
but when you break down the statistics that we didn't even get into because we don't have them right in front of us, but it's like, dude, the amount of people committing suicides, tying this into drugs and alcohol addiction because of their sexual infidelity. Look at the sex trafficking. Oh, industry. yeah, you want to get into that. Then it's I even mean, more. So, Hollywood so let's, let's talk about the similarities of, of uh, what you've experienced or have seen with the, yep. you know, addiction of, is a progressive disease. Yep. So, yep. you know, one line of Coke will lead to more. Yeah. Uh, m- there are certain gateway drugs. So, like yeah. prescription pills, yeah. prescription opiates tend to be a gateway to, to heroin. Yeah. Right? Most people injecting yeah. heroin didn't start, start by slamming heroin. No, most of them started with so, yep. uh, And I think what <laughs> may have started is as you watched that documentary on Ted Bundy when you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where, oh, yeah, that's where right. his final confession His like, final confession. Like most rapists. Are, he said all. Heavily, so that's, he said that's all. where this started is, you know, Netflix, if you're watching, you're listening to this, you've probably seen the Netflix. Yeah, watch it if you feel so. I don't like, I don't actually like. I, I'm glad I watched it. I didn't want to. Lexi was finishing. I caught the tail end of it. Then I researched that part, um, the real interview of his last interview right before they zapped him. Um, and Because that was his only interview, right? Didn't he deny it the entire time? Yeah, the whole entire time. He was yeah. telling everyone he was, not, he was a sociopathic. Matilda, I think this shows, like, there's no atheist on a sinking ship, man. When you know you're going to meet your maker. Anyways, and uh, this may seem weird. I, may, I should say this with Lexi, but, uh, you know, we both felt, I'll, I'll just talk for me personally, coming from an addict in sex and, and drugs and a lot of other things that I'm not proud of, um, I can see, I mean, this guy did horrific things, but I, I felt, and you know, I don't know if this is weird of me or whatever, or maybe I'm just growing in my Christianity or I'm losing my mind, but or <laughs> all of the above, is, but I felt compassion for that man, and I felt that, you know, he says that his parents... His parents did all they could. He grew up in a righteous home that were very conservative and Christian. And he said they did, now mind you, in the 70s or 60s when he grew up, they did everything in their power to keep pornography out of their home. And it still found its way into his life. And he said it started with pornography. He said every vile criminal that I hang out with before on death row and all these places that he was in, he was with the worst, right? Every one of them. He said, without a shadow of a doubt, started with pornography. And this is not just his interview. There's a bunch of other, you know, murderers and rapists out there that have interviewed the same things. And so, said the same so the things. contrary would say... So causation, is, correlation. Yeah, that's yeah. correlation, not causation. Yeah. That's what they would say. That's what they say about weed, right? Yeah. These people... Right, like, right. right? The same thing. First, get, well, you can't say... Well, everyone who's progressed says, for sure, weed was a gateway drug to these other drugs. Yeah, right? bro. Yeah, interview the heroin addicts. Talk to them. Tell them what drug they did first. Most, nine out of ten of them smoke weed first. Yeah. Right? Now, there's a few prescriptions. The point is, is when I watched that and I, I listened to him, and I'd already heard that before, but it just brought up because I'm in this new place in my life and... I, and then I watched that TED talk around the same time. I kind of researched a little more, and I'm watching more on pornography in the brain. And I'm like, dude, I just... You had sympathy. I had sympathy for, for a man who was once a victim. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying what he did was excused. If you, if you get that from what I'm saying, just listen to another part. You don't understand what I'm saying. I'm talking about... Just like when, I inter- when I've sponsored people or you talk to people who've committed rape... They've been raped themselves. They, their childhood was, was robbed from them. The innocence that God put them on this earth to experience until they became an adult was taken at a young age. And, when, and there's science behind this, what it does to the brain and the stimulation. They can't function normally sexually, which is a part of life, in order to reproduce. 
the same way you and I do, not being violated, mm-hmm. right? When these kids are violated or when pornography, look at that almost as a level as violation. If it's left unaddressed and turns into an addiction, he said it became an obsession. And then that was, and he said this is before phones and internet. He's talking about magazines and movies. And he said now it's in the homes on television. And he said, you better be where, tell your kids. He wasn't playing a game. There's people that watch that and they say, oh, he was just trying to win the hearts. He was a sociopath. Cool. He was was going to die. He just zapped the next day or the same day, I think, as that interview. Zapped, gone. He doesn't live anymore. He's going to, Well, I have this, I have a. Baptized uh, member of the church, too, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm saying, listen, yeah. I'm saying his testimony. I, Because I, I firmly believe you can believe in God oh. and commit sin like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I've done it. Yeah, yeah. I've We're, done it. There's, the, the normies here don't, can't reconcile, but there's yes. people with very strong testimonies of God and of, the, of Jesus, of the you Savior. You watch me. You and, watch me bear testimony of and, this. And, and, yeah. be, and be... Making uh, mistakes. Making mistakes. indulging in addiction totally and everyone's at different levels but listen what you're getting at is if if all addiction is a spectrum let's go back Mm -hmm. to what you you start here and it can end here then why are we we need to be so I have an analogy it's like I don't I don't want to be the type of person who enjoys eating snails that's cargo so guess what I'm not even going to taste it yeah yeah. because what if it tastes good and then what if I what if I love it I don't want to be a person that (laughs) is known for eating snails (laughs) So I'm not even gonna go it's and like thing. eat anything yeah. that has to do with snails. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> if there's something as vile as rape and yep. and and that humans can commit, humans can commit, or in that case, injecting heroin arms, I'm gonna steer clear stay away from it. of going there. And isn't that what commandments are for too? It's like keep, that's what keep literally agency. what they're for. That's where they're keep agents. So we have agency, so that we don't have obsession because we start off with our news about Elder Ballard saying we need a culture that desire to 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 love God totally. and learn of him. Totally. All those commandments we have that supposedly keep us down or keep us from having fun, yeah. keep us from being obsessed with stuff. Totally. Yeah. And we can get obsessed with worldly things like surfing and motorcycle riding, but those don't compare to... But even those, we, I think that's com- what he's saying is like... Everything needs to be kept within the bounds. Like, it says bridle your passions yeah. for a reason. Even if they're healthy passions, especially but, if they're unhealthy, yeah, like but, pornography. But, but there's not a single person that can't, secular, atheist, whatever, that won't deny that it's very hard to keep those uh, bridled. Oh, yeah. Sexual bridled. Drugs, alcohol bridled. Like, these are things that, when get, I t- that yeah. ramp out of control extremely fast. Yeah, amen. When I would talk, remember I used to be in the auto industry, sales, right? And when I would talk about the 12 steps, they immediately tie it to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. When I would talk about how we do pornography, they're like, <laughs> everyone looks at porn. 100% of the time, every dude said that. Every dude was married, which basically saying they're looking at pornography. Of course they are. That's what they do. It's what people do. It's what our society has created that it is normal. We don't know. We don't. We know what percent of people do do it. Uh, no, bro. The, I mean, the, the studies that have done on massive. So just let's just take numbers of economics. They, of course, they haven't tested nine billion people, but they've done it on millions of people, and yeah. it's like seventy something percent wow. of men that have been in those studies have said yes. So now, if you also factor how many people lie, we're at a hundred. 90? Oh, wow. Well, we're not at 100 because we know there's some, you know, some strong conservatives out there, or even non-conservative people that don't believe that that's healthy. Yeah. No, because like, I'm, I like think I listen to a surf podcast, right? These guys are not. 
They're not. They're not. Uh, they're, they're not yeah. quite Christian. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. But do they yeah. blast pornography and masturbating? Like they're like this. Like, like that's what I'm saying. Horrible. There's there's a there's a moot. That's yeah. what this guy was saying, and it was kind of yeah. blew my mind because we see the opposite. We people, but they are no. They're 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 yeah. they're they're fleeing it because it's affecting their life. It's not. Mm-hmm. Listen, if pornography worked for you, I'd still be doing. Oh, this sounds crazy. You got to listen to what, underlining what I'm saying. I'm not saying I would still be doing pornography or drugs, but I'm saying if it worked, I, pro- I probably I wouldn't have ever stopped. I wouldn't be able to have to because it would work, but it doesn't work. It robs you of oh. everything, is what I'm saying. It the, robs the, you the of the promise everything. of what they say it does. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Satan's yeah, like the world or yeah. Satan tells you that it's fine, it's harmless. Yes. It's, it's if, just, if opiates it's just didn't whatever. rob me from my family and rob me from my everything I worked so hard to obtain at that point in my life, do you think I would have stopped? Sands the commandments. Yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like, but 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 prescription pills are one of those things where like you can justify it because the doctor gave it to me. Not only the BYU doctor yeah, gave it to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, or or the Mormon doctor that I go to church with on yeah. Sunday gave it to me. He's in my stake. I know yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's there's a lot of we going back to these lures and well, yeah. There's just a lot of it, and I think with pornography, like we said, if it's a spectrum. If you find if you're anywhere and you're listening to this on the spectrum and you've been doing what I did, so, so, I'm sharing this openly. So, so, so they, yeah, yeah. So uh, is there? Do you think there's justification? Because I've heard members. I'm not of the, church, the only one. I've heard members of the church say, "Oh, I bet half our elders quorum looks at pornography." Yeah. And I'm like, if they are, then they need to like <laughs> come to our meeting and yeah. and listen to our podcast because yep. you don't have to. Uh, and but like, I'm I don't know what my questionnaire is, but like. You listen to the brethren, listen to the talks, listen to the secular world on it. It's, it's a an addictive problem that robs us of our spirit. Robs and you of everything pure. Everything. But, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be trapped by it. That's and the I whole reason why I'm sharing. That's this. why we're. That's why you're sharing that, this. Right. That's literally why I'm getting. Because I had someone the other day tell me that. Well, I heard your story when you finally came out about this a little bit. You know, a few podcasts ago, and I justified you know breaking some commandments because you were doing so well. And I'm like, well. I uh, I guess if 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 you let Satan tell you that, then that's that's how he works. This proves my point. And and I think you you and I I'll speak for you, but I think me the point of why we do this podcast and the the vision we have of the twelve steps to change yeah. is you can stop obsessing about whatever it is. You can stop a behavior. People have used this to stop drinking Diet Coke. They've used it to stop uh, swearing. Use these same exact steps that. People have used to stop slamming heroin in their veins, stop uh, going to strip clubs, hookers, uh, cocaine, like you name it, uh, acting out with same-sex attraction. Any of these things... We've seen it all. They become obsessions that draw the spirit away from us, can be contained. You can't compartment. And and that's the atonement of Jesus Christ, right? So these steps just allowed us to walk ourselves through and... And, and gain control of ourselves and these desires. Yeah, I'm sure, and, and you know, I want, if you're listening, 100% what Brad said, if you're listening and you did what I did, you're compartmentalizing your righteousness and you're going, well, I'm serving in my calling, I'm a good dad, I'm a good this. It's but. just my one ear, but, yeah. If there's a but at the end of that sentence and you're listening right now. And you're not working on it, how about that? Yeah. Because it's not, we can't Well, but perfect. that's the thing is some yeah. of these people will be, you know, that's where I was too, is like, well, I'm, I'm, I say my prayers and, then I don't take the sacrament, but I don't tell anyone, you know? I don't tell anyone. You know, I'm working on this, me and the Lord. Yeah. You hear a lot of people, even in our meetings, say that the Lord is now my sponsor. And I'm like, okay, I get what you're saying. And you, for sure, he's my savior. 
But guess what? He, he put other brethren and sisters in here, i.e. all the things we've talked about, mm-hmm. from, from the prophet all the way down to sponsors and leaders, so we can use each other's and rely on each other's strength because alone, left our own devices, most of us have no idea how to stop when it's become obsessive. Yeah. And, and the advice, like, again... The shame that will come into your mind if you're where I'm at, dude. Well, and, and a lot of what, what I used to say when I was a missionary, when I was ward mission leader, when I was in elders, like, you know, just pray. You know, you read your scriptures. Um, it'll work. Do, do, the, do, the, do the little stuff, mm-hmm. and it'll work out, because that's worked for me. Yeah. Like, when I have a, a struggle or whatever, yeah. that's worked for me. But it gets to a point to where that's not working. That's where these steps come into play. When we're talking about and, being a chain to and it. I've had, we've had a really cool yeah. thing in our stake because of what you've done and those in our stake that have shared uh, broken anonymity is I've, ha- I've, I've heard these conversations with bishops where people have come and said, I can't stop whatever it is. Okay, this obsession, obsession, this behavior, whatever. And the bishops go, have you tried the 12 steps? Yeah, I've tried it. Right? Then their follow-up is great because they're like, well, what has your sponsor said? Who's your sponsor? What and the, the people are dumbfounded. And they're like, uh, uh, uh. They watch why, the videos. Why, why, why don't you go to a meeting and get a sponsor and go through the steps? And then when you get to the confession part, come talk to me. Keep doing the little stuff. Yep. But you need to do this other thing. And then and we've seen, like, people changed. When the bishops awesome. stop enabling and, and give them the, some well, real they, solutions, they, know the tools, yeah. they have tools to give them. That's what a bishop and, is, And right? they're powerful. Then they're, like, the burden of that bishop to not just be worrying all the time of, like, how do I fix this person? So now you're going to fix them. It's you direct them. Your job is for that confession part, but your job is let's direct them to some resources. Direct them where the Savior wants them. Like, dude, like, the Savior, this room... We've heard it said before, but, and I used to think it was cheesy, but now I'm realizing it's like, dude, we only have a few scriptures and all of our scriptures of the actual Savior's words, right? Translated correctly, right? And they're of his count. He was not visiting the perfect. He was with the vials, the sick, the afflicted. We are, if you have an addiction to pornography, drugs, alcohol, sex, gambling, depression, overeating, overspending, underspending, overeating, <laughs> under, whatever it is, he would have visited you. And we have the scriptures to prove that, but sometimes we fixate on the works of, of, of the, you know, Nephi said this and that and the other, and I love the Book of Mormon, I love it, I love it, I love it. Remember, when Christ actually showed up to the Americas, he, he healed these people. He taught them how to heal. He gave them the priesthood. You need help. I needed help. I was ready to die with some of those d- d- addictions. And thank Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, this meeting, and a lot of inspired people in my life, and mainly Heavenly Father, setting everything up so that I, fu- I, I saw there was hope. And as soon as you see there's hope, changes and it's if you want to put in the work it's it's so possible it becomes it turns you into this where you're excited to help other people because you know exactly what it's like to go to bed feeling kissing your own kids tucking in your children right these innocent children and you know what you were just watching or doing right and talk about feeling like a piece of crap and having a guilt trip no one has to do that to you the spirit does that to you your your own your own moral code does that to you, but the scary part is when you push through that and you keep sinning, and then it goes away. 
So if you're not there yet and you're listening to this and you think you have a problem, I promise you if there's a but at the end of this session, I'm good but, <laughs> then just please, please, please know that you can stop looking at pornography. A hundred percent. I used to not believe anyone that said that. Now I've been able to do it and see other people do it. Ironically, the people I sponsored gave me the hope that I can do it. And now I've had, I have zero desire to do it. And I don't want any, I don't even, that's why I got off social media. I don't want any forms of it in my life anymore because if it comes back, I know where it can lead me. Just like I can't take opiates without calling my sponsor if I'm sick or if I'm afflicted. I have to make sure everyone knows because it that quickly comes back and will rob me of my life, literally dead. And the same thing with pornography. I don't want to lose my spiritual life that's finally coming back into my life. It's taken forever to gain it back. Six years of this program to finally get where I'm at today. And I'll do whatever it takes to keep it. And it's possible if you're listening. And Brad had hit it on the nail. It hit the head so many times tonight with what he was talking about. And so there's no excuse anymore. If you're listening, you can't tell yourself that you don't know how to do this. We've laid it out. God's laid it out. The church has accepted it. You're not shamed. If someone shames you, forget about it's it. It's on them. It's on them, man. You always say that. Yeah. That's their problem. Yeah. You, let's focus on you. Yeah. Don't focus on the problem. The solution is going to a meeting, getting a sponsor, talking to your bishop. If you need to do this and go to a secular meeting, they're everywhere. But just don't continue because it will get worse. It is a spectrum, and it will progress. But let's mic drop that and go home and sleep peaceful tonight. Oh, it'll be good, man. All right, hey, uh, let us know what you think of this. Uh, send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, our website, 12 Steps to Change. Uh, there's an email link on there. Uh, our email address is 12 Steps to Change at gmail.com. Uh, there's also a link on our PayPal account or on our website to drop a little PayPal donation. We get a couple dollars a month from some people. We appreciate that. Um, I think our subscriptions are coming up due again. I got to drop those. So having that in the account uh, helps. Uh, I think that's it. So till next time, we'll get some guests on here the next few. Um, if you want to be on here, send us a little email about your story and let's see if we can get you on. All right. Till next time, Jerry. I'm an addict.
give him shelter 